Welcome to Make Dance Fun, the podcast from Confetti on the Dance Floor that's all about adding fun, festiveness, and a little fancy to your dance studio. In each episode, we'll be sharing tips, tricks, and tools that have helped us run a successful business for almost three decades. I'm Becca Moore. And I'm Danny Rosenberg. Together, we own Rhythm Dance Center, where we are known for our fun and energetic atmosphere. In addition, we created Confetti on the Dance Floor to inspire dance teachers and studio owners through our fun products, creative ideas, engaging blog posts, and now this podcast. So let's get started and make dance fun. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 16 of the Make Dance Fun podcast. We are back today with part three of our recital fun series. So if you haven't listened to parts one and two yet, we suggest that you find some time to do that so that you will be all caught up with where we are at. But before we get into today's episode, we want to first read another awesome review for you guys. This one is from EBR Watson, and she says... Training for a half marathon equals not fun. (laughs) Listening to this podcast on my runs equals more fun. I love all the colorful and creative ideas Danny and Becca share. It definitely inspires me to add some confetti to my studio. Thank you for creating this podcast. Hashtag make runs fun. Okay, so if we can help inspire you while running for a training for a half marathon, we think that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your review with us. For the next few weeks, the reviews that we're going to be reading, our winners are going to actually be getting a $25 confetti shop credit. So make sure you send us an email or DM if we read your review and we will get you your credit um, code right away. Okay, so this is, like Danny said, our recital fun part three. And today we're going to go over some of the key things that we do during this time to get all the info out to our parents and students. Also, in planning for this episode, we decided that we think we may need a part four. There's just so much that goes into the show. So that one will probably come in a couple of weeks. But today we're going to start with our spring break planning week. And I think we've maybe mentioned this before, but we've been using spring break to finish up some of our major show planning for quite some time. And I know that like spring break is a, I mean, spring break, you should go on spring break and go on vacation. (laughs) That's called vacation. (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like we usually do, we usually, you know, we plan and we go someplace that is fun or that we like that we enjoy. But I will say that like spring break has really always been still a work week for us. We're just always so busy during that time. And I think that, it works really well for us to get some of the major things accomplished since we don't have the day-to-day to deal with. I mean, Danny and I, I feel like our day-to-day, and it's something that we're working on, but like we get so caught up in things that, and I'm sure you guys do this too. I mean, I just think studio owners, oh my gosh, like there's just always so much to deal with, but we have been working this week like on finishing up some stuff, and I swear we've been just getting stuck. I, it- we're we're just do, we're doing all the things that are actually not on our to-do list. Right. <laughs> but I think but we all so, get hit with those. I think the point is that like this week for us for spring break, we do sometimes go, well we usually do go somewhere fun, but like we just decided like this is really an awesome week for us to cross some of these major things off our to-do list. And then once we get through our show, we'll take our spring break during June. You know, we, that's when we kind of do our downtime and we do that, but spring break just works really well for us to like really go somewhere and be very productive. So this year was a little different just because we've always had a really solid formula that we use like to plan the show, but with COVID, obviously 
<laughs> things are not normal. <laughs> things, yeah, for everyone. It's not normal. And so we really were starting over with quite a few of the details. So and there's still some of the stuff that remains the same, but we just we weren't we're, we were not able to get as far as we usually do with just nailing down all those details. So this week, like I said, we're really busy with trying to finish up all the stuff that we didn't make happen on spring break. But we did, um, we usually take a staff member with us or two, just depending on the year and who's available. And then we really focus on getting our year and show packet complete, which we're going to talk about next. We get um, lots of our graphics done for our show. We plan for decor. We usually plan for our We usually do like a big company party. So we plan for the decor for that. Basically, we just are tying up a ton of loose ends on that trip so that we can make all the things happen. Yeah. So like Becca mentioned, our year-end show packet is ultimately what we're – all the work that we're doing and all of the things that we're discussing and coming up with is all being – put into this one mega packet. So as you know, we, uh, you know, getting to your customers to actually read all of the necessary information that we're trying to get to them um, can be a challenge. So we try our best to make it as easy as possible for them um, so that they kind of want to read it. Our packet is many, many pages, many, many, many pages, maybe 20 pages. It's full of color, fun images. Uh, we've it taken. is 20 pages, but I want to say that it's not 20 pages like it, the, one of the reasons it's so full is because of that chart. Yeah, we're I getting think twenty there. pages. Sounds <laughs> twenty pages sounds crazy. It is crazy, but it does. It's not it, twenty pages of lot. things they have to read. No, well they right? do read it, but it's it. They read it all. It's all information that they need, but it's formatted in a yeah, way that the chart they makes want it to extra read it. long. The chart makes it long. That's yes. what it is. So it, it, like I said, it's full of color, fun images that we've taken of all of our characters um, throughout the year that Becca's taken, um, lots of patterns that all coordinate with the theme. So I, we kind of feel like if it's cute, maybe they'll <laughs> be more likely to read it and take notes and retain. Maybe. We, we hope. We hope. So <laughs> rather than giving the information in just paragraph form and just spitting it all out in 20 pages of, you know, paragraph form, black and white, we format it as more of a question and answer type of thing. So the first page might say, you know, of course, it's cute with a whole header with our, you know, the theme title of a show and images, but then it might say, where is the show being held? And we'll give them a short answer that's easy to digest. The next question might be, where do I go when I get there? Again, short answer, as short as we can make it, so it's easy for them to digest. What time is dress rehearsal? Do I bring my dancer dressed in her costume, or will there be a place to change when I get there? Can I buy flowers at this show? Do I have to pre-order flowers? It's literally, like I said, 15 to 20 pages full of every question and answer you can think of. And we really try to think of of everything from a parent standpoint and what the customers might need to know. I would think that we also, I think we changed that format. I mean, it was a, it was years, y- literally years ago, but we did used to just do it. I think we just did it in paragraph form for a while. Oh yeah. And then we came up with the, we're like, Oh, we should do this in a Q and a thing. And I feel like since we've started that, we really use the Q and a thing on a lot of uh, information that we communicate with our clients. And I think that it really, It's so much easier to read and digest. Just little chunks of information, even though there's a lot of information total in this packet, the little chunks at a time are, it's just easier to retain, I think, for everybody and for us included. So we know which sections we're working on. And then each section in the packet is designed artistically so that it's easy to see and it's easy to refer back to and they can find what they're looking for. Um, And we've talked about 
about our mega spreadsheet that we create. Uh, we've talked about it in the past, and it's a mega spreadsheet that we created at the beginning of the season at our very first recital retreat. And that's the chart that Becca was talking about. We filter that spreadsheet out um, to create the chart that lives inside of this packet. And that's about a four or five pages, maybe even six pages of of the packet. This chart has, yes, it's a spreadsheet that's been filtered, and it has a column listing each class day and time, the title of the recital piece, um, maybe I think the teacher is listed just so that everybody knows which class it is, the day and time of their show, the day and time of their dress rehearsal, their hairstyle, what shoes they need, if they need tights or leggings or any other accessories. Everything is literally in this packet. So it's packed full with all of the essential details. Um, now, this is keep in mind, this is not the first time they're seeing all of this information. This is just the final announcement of everything, lots of reminders, and it's all in one place. They've been getting you know, information throughout the year in little tidbits, but just having it all in one place right up to the very end is really helpful. Yeah, the first time they saw that was after our recital retreat, we send out a packet that week. So it's in the fall, usually in November, early November. And that's when they see that for the first time. And usually in that in that chart, we go ahead and let them know what show they're in, um, when their dress rehearsal is, all of that. This year, we weren't able to do that because we didn't really know when that show <laughs> was going to be and when the dress rehearsal was going to be. But um, then as we got that information, we would update the website with it. And when the costume information came out, they had that. So like Danny said... This is definitely not the first time they're seeing it. This is just kind of like the final presentation of it. Yeah. And just keeping it in one place so that they don't have to keep going back to old stuff. Yeah. Um, something that we also add at the end of the packet, which takes up a few pages, and it's, I don't know that it's totally necessary, but it's just something nice for them to have, is we just list a running order of every single show. And it's literally just a listing. It takes up not much space, but of course we have 10 shows this year, so it takes up a lot of space. But it's just a running order, whether it's a one-act show or act one and act two. And it just gives them an idea of where their dancer's class falls in the lineup of the show. So they know to tell dad or grandma, don't run to the bathroom yet because your, your granddaughter's class is coming up or whatever. So that's just something that we like to add in the end. Um, and because this packet is packed full of so much important information, Becca and I also hold usually four to five different parent meetings where we welcome the, the parents to come into the studio and listen to us go through the entire packet section by section and answer any questions that they might have. Um, I think it's it's just good for everyone to hear it coming straight from us um, since we're the ones creating the whole thing. Um, this year, we're actually having to do virtual meetings, which I'm kind of excited about. Um, since we can't pack the studio with parent, too many parents. So we're actually hoping that more people will attend the meetings. We never really make them mandatory, but we do strongly encourage them to attend if they can, especially if this is their first year at the studio and their first recital experience, um, just so that they kind of can get their feet wet and they're not so overwhelmed when they walk into the first show. And then a couple of years ago, we we had moved into a new theater for the first time. And I really think that's when we started the Q&A packet actually yeah maybe because everything was so new and we decided to do videos so we created videos of us talking through each part of the packet and then we broke them into smaller chunks so again it was easier to digest and we would just do a whole video talking about the dress rehearsal process and what to expect there and then the day of the show and then all the extra stuff the t-shirts the videos the photos all that kind of thing and then becca i'm pretty sure you posted them on igtv yeah i think i did but then we also just put them in a Dropbox, and then we sent the whole studio the link with all these little short videos. They were each one was maybe five minutes, 
five to seven minutes of us just talking through it so that they could watch and listen whenever it was convenient for them. But I think as many ways that you can get the information out to your to your parents and customers, the better chances you have of them showing up on time and being prepared as prepared as possible for them and their dancer. So bottom line, I think for us, we're just making it cute, making the packet cute and formatting it in an easy way to read and it really looks good, then it's easier for them to read and retain. And I just, that's worked out great for us. Yes, I think so too. Also, I wanted to add that we've talked about for this year, I think we're going to record kind of like a podcast for the parents, like with all the information, because I think that's just another way that they can, they can digest it. Just like reading it. They can like, if they go for a walk or a run or when they're driving in their car, they can listen to it. Uh, Like Danny said before, I think the more ways you can get that information out to them and hopefully they're going to read it, listen to it, watch it, something so that they're going to take notes, highlight whatever they need to do. Yes. So the next thing I was going to talk about is just designing the graphics for the show. Um, Like Danny said, we try to make the packet cute and we use that's that's really kind of where we start using like a lot of the backgrounds we're going to use and the logos we're going to use. So over spring break is when I really dig in into designing some of those, all of the art and just kind of getting started with all that. And so we usually do some different logos and different art that we use across all the info that we have, like for the packet, for our luggage tags that we do, for our company awards, for our company concert, our step and repeat. Basically, I really start creating the look of all of our artwork for the show. And I usually just kind of sketch out what I want. And then I send it to our graphic designer, Erica, and she makes it all happen. And I usually also go ahead at that time and I send her a project list and the approximate due dates of all the bigger items that we're going to need done because it's it's a lot of stuff, honestly, that we usually do for our shows. Cause like we talked about our posters and the program and this packet and our company awards and our luggage tags. Like there's so step much stuff. Yeah. The so step and repeats. There's so much stuff and a lot of it has to get printed. So, and then also some of the stuff, like for example, our luggage tags that we do for our goodie bags, which we'll talk about those in our next recital thing, because we don't have time to get to that today, but we do those every year and, you know, we have about a thousand students. So getting all of those printed and then getting them organized by class, like it is a massive project. So I feel like managing all the due dates of all of this stuff is a little bit of a challenge. It gets done every year, by the way, it always gets (laughs) done, but it is definitely a little hectic. So I think starting on it over spring break, Um, really helps. And then I keep working on it really pretty consistently all the way up to right before the show. Um, And then also, if you look at our Instagram right now, you're going to see a few of the things that I did over spring break. I was just posting them because I thought, why not go ahead and put it out there? Why wait? And so I really did like over spring break, try to start putting out there's like a little um, what? uh, Oh, my gosh. A rhythm dale. It says welcome to a rhythm dale, right? Is that what it says, Danny? Yeah, I did like a little yeah. castle, like a little castle thing. And it says welcome to a rhythm dale. And I'm sure that that's going to be on some of our stuff. And then I did like some ice cubes that say like ice, ice rhythm with our logo on it. And so that just also just kind of gets people excited about the show. 
I mean, I'm just going to overload our Instagram for the next couple of weeks with tons of rhythm, rhythm frozen stuff. So you can check out the hashtag rhythm frozen and see how we've really started branding the show and building lots of excitement so that we can keep our clients updated on all that is happening. Um, so something else we we really like to do, and we've I've probably done this for 27 years, um, but we really do it now that we're doing mostly um, story driven shows. Um, is creating the order of our show, like is meaning the running the running order of the shows, and then renaming routines such as our company routines to make them fit into the show because those company routines don't always make sense. Um, but we, we figure out a way to make it make sense when we get to the show. So getting the orders together is a huge, huge task. And this year, since we have 10 shows, it has literally taken us forever. We started it a week ago and we honestly just finished it today. We, we could not get it all done last week on spring break. So we finished up with the last 10th show today, which we're really excited about. Um, but we really like to create a flow that tells the story and it definitely takes a little bit more time for us to get this in order. I know that we use Jackrabbit and that you can absolutely put all the classes in Jackrabbit and it will mix it up and give you a running order where there's no conflicts. And that's something that we've certainly considered in the past. And we've done it maybe for our company concerts um, where, where there's not a storyline necessarily, but we really do like to try to tell the story the best we can. It's never perfect, but it just makes a difference in what your audience is seeing and understanding the story. Yeah. I think I also just like, I, I like for it to feel um, like where there's not four ballet pieces in a row, for example. Like we definitely like to change it up where you're going to see a ballet piece, then a tap piece, then a preschool piece, then, you know, a jazz dance. Like we try really hard to make, we really try to package the show where it's like full of entertainment value. And like Danny said, like, the, the order, like making sense. It's one of those things where it really needs to make sense to us, even if it doesn't make sense to everybody else. Uh, And you know, I think it makes sense to everybody else. I think that ends up making sense to everyone else. They just don't even realize it. Right. They don't even realize that, that the story is being told. Um, And most of your audience members are not dancers. They're grandmas and aunts and uncles, and they love watching their little dancers. But when they can connect to what's going on throughout the show, they're not going to get bored and snooze off. Yeah, I mean, I think we, I mean, we always are going to do this. And we talked about this, I think, in a previous episode, but we have our opening number that we talked about that we love, that is kind of already the theme of the show. It's big, it's fun, there's awesome costumes. And the very, very next dance right after that is always going to be our tiniest, littlest, cutest, little dancers. They're they're always going to be the the little preschool class. And it's always, I love, like, we love that. We love that moment where it's the, you know, the, the most advanced dancers we have at our studio. And then the kids that are just starting on their dance journey. I think that it's so great for the parents to see that. And also for the little Elsa's that are going to be wake, waiting in the wings this year to be, <laughs> you know, watching big Elsa <laughs> on the stage. Yeah. And then she's going to be in there. Yeah, it's them. huge. That's huge. It's a big deal. Um, but we we go full out with the titles, you know, we're doing Frozen. So we could very easily just call dances, let it go or when I'm older or, you know, the names of the dances, but we can't <laughs> I would never that. let that happen. No, we no. so our little Elsa's I mean, it's, it is a compilation of different songs. So we couldn't go simple anyways, but we 
we transformed the titles into something fancy. So we've got Elsa's Fancy Ice Capades. And we created a whole little game show for Olaf. It's a whole little kindergarten production, tap production, and it's called Olaf's Snowy Shuffle. Um, we have Ice Ice Rhythm for a, a bunch of hip hop dances, Let It Glow um, for a little Bruni situation. You get the idea. You see where we're going with it. Um, and like I was saying, all of those company pieces that really have nothing to do with Frozen and the titles have nothing, the songs have nothing to do with it. We do what we can to change those titles to make it fit. So for instance, we have a contemporary piece called Shaken Lung and we're calling it Cracked Ice. I mean, kind of funny, they kind of random. Have, but it, they also, and their costumes are all white. So we're like, okay, that's perfect for a theme. It makes sense. And it's this really unusual music. The choreographer actually created the music herself. So it's like all of these like, it kind of sounds like breathing ice, honestly, yeah. breathing like, yeah, and so then, it's, it's going to be really cool. We're like, oh, this is perfect for our frozen for frozen. Yes. Um, we have another dance, a piece called earthquake, and we're calling it earth giants, which are those big rock giants that are in the in frozen too. And then sugar, it's sugar spice and everything nice is being turned into sugar spice and everything ice. So we just we literally go through all every single company dance that we have, and we change the name of it. Um, so that it makes sense. And we have some random Dances that oddly work. Our younger boys hip hop crew, their name of their dance this year for competition and everything was called Melt. So yeah, that worked out well. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. Yeah, I think it's also fun for the company dancers to kind of see how what their dance and it ends up being called. It's like a game every year when the recital packet comes out for them to like figure out what their dance is. And a so lot of times it, anyway. the, the names the names get crazier the more delirious we get and the tighter we get to our deadline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it always it all but it always pulls it all together. So we also we have like we've talked about before, we have our character involvement, like we use senior company dancers as characters. And they actually have a pretty big role this year in several of our pieces. And we we ended up just having a meeting with them with all of them. Um, and we went over all their roles and how it's going to work. And then we also have Emily, one of our uh, awesome staff members is going to be kind of coordinating all of them and making sure that they know the choreography, making sure they know what they're going to do. They're going to be coming to the classes over the next few weeks to learn their parts. And that's also something that adds a ton of fun to the routines. And the little ones are so excited to have Elsa and Anna and Olaf and Sven, like they're going to be coming to their classroom and then they're going to be on stage with them. So that's another really fun thing for the kids. Yes. Um, and now that we're back from spring break and that whole work week, and we've pretty much nailed down, you know, most of the details, we're jumping hardcore into prop and set building. And when I say we, I mean, we're not really Someone building, else. We're, we're designing, <laughs> we're finding people to build. Um, but we've been using makeshift props in most of the classes all year long, and it's been totally fine. You know, they don't have to have the real finger lights, they can just have little rings, and they're just used to using it, using something. But over the next few weeks, the real props will be presented to the kids in their classes so they can start getting used to them. Um, we have such an awesome and creative and talented staff. And when it comes to crafting, they're so awesome. They This is the time of year over the next few weeks where the glue guns come out and we really get to work um, decorating. And we've talked so much about this in, other, in, in previous episodes about our crafting and what we use. And it all comes out over the next few weeks to make everything super sparkly and um, over the top for our show. <laughs> we also usually have a uh, what we call our tech week at the studio. And that's usually like 
really one of the last weeks of classes and we rent pipe and drape and we cover the mirrors and we have each class come into our big studio and they run their dance for us. And usually it's um, myself and Danny. We usually actually Shelly's usually there to kind of help take notes, but that's kind of where we add on to our spreadsheet and we set the lights and we take, when I say set the lights, I just mean we make notes for what we need for lights. We go over all the character involvement and all the props and we just make sure that everybody is good to go, that they know what their roles are, that the kids know what they're doing. They know if they're entering stage left or stage right, that we make sure that they have a bow. We just make sure we have leaders for our preschool classes. We make sure that they know what they're doing. And that way we know what's going on. They know what's going on. But, and so that's usually something that's worked really, really great, like leading up to dress rehearsal. But this year, That week is actually going to be our dress rehearsal at the studio because since we're having the show at a conference center, like the number one, the dates weren't available and I don't think we would have been able to afford to rent it for our dress rehearsal as well. So we are doing it at the, at the, at the studio. So it's going to be different, but we're going to have a backdrop that we're going to put up. Actually, it's going to be the same format that we used for our in-studio performance last season when we couldn't have the theater And so we kind of have an idea of how it's going to work because it did really work well last year when we did it. So yeah, that is a positive that we learned from that, that we were able to do that in the studio. So we can use it. Yeah, it was something we were able to like recycle and create, I mean, and use a lot of the same formulas that we had for last year to do the stress rehearsal. So we're going to do that. Uh, We will have photo ops for the kids. We will, that's when they're going to pick up their t-shirts We'll do their class photo during this time. And um, this is where I think we're going to end up having a lot more to share about this later this season and what that means like leading up to the show and all of that. But there's just so much that goes into creating these shows, as you guys know, and it's just like a never ending list. But I will say that we are so excited about our show this year. And although it is a challenge, it's definitely taking more time for us. We're just so happy we're able to make it happen. And we are just working really hard to give our students and our um, parents an amazing year in show experience. Absolutely. So that was a lot of information, a lot of details that we that we got through um, since our spring break work week last week. But like <laughs> I said earlier, and like Becca just mentioned, we have so much more that we can share and so much more we can talk about when it comes to recitals. So we'll make sure that we do that in a future episode. Um, we hope you'll be able to use some of these ideas, take some of these ideas and that they'll help you in the final stages of your show planning. And hopefully it will make things easier for you and your customers. So remember, if you're loving this podcast, we'd be so appreciative if you would consider leaving us a five-star rating on iTunes and leave us a review. We will read one review each week and the winner will receive a $25 confetti credit code to use in the confetti shop. Thank you guys so much for listening today. We will be back next week with a new episode and we hope everybody has a great week. Bye. Bye.